Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you an inspiring woman to share their stories. Each amazing guest has important insights that will help you access your passion and your purpose to becoming the leading woman in your own life. Helping women share their stories and expertise is one of my favorite things to do. That's why I've continued to interview these amazing women for over a decade. I chose 19 of the best experts from the conversations to co-author my book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life, which is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and the business section of your area bookstore. Now, if you haven't bought yours yet, or if you know a woman who wants to pursue her passion, this is a book for her and for you. This week, I'm pleased to introduce you to another amazing leading woman. Her name is Linda Hartley. Linda is the co-founder of H2 Growth Strategies, LLC, which advises executive staff and board members how to improve performance, build leadership, and increase revenues for sustainable growth and impact. Her impressive track record encompasses 35 years of fundraising development for lasting social change. As a president of Hartley Consulting Incorporated, her overall accomplishment was helping to raise over $800 million for more than 50, I'm going to call them social profit, organizations for major institutions to startups. Now, Linda has combined her skills now with Vivian Hoxter to found H2 Growth Strategies and co-authored a new book, Big Impact. Insights and Stories from America's Nonprofit Leaders, for which they interviewed 50 experts in the field. This incredible book is aimed at everyone, for, or like me, who have their own foundations or serve on a board to volunteers who donate their time and energy to help others. So I'm very, very pleased to find out more and welcome Linda Hartley to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Well, Linda, thank you so much for being with me this morning. We have much in common. This is a topic, uh, the book, Big Impact, is very, very close to my heart, and we'll talk about that more. But right now, I think what's important, and I always start out these conversations with asking the person about themselves, because I think our stories are so very, very valuable, especially women, when we share our stories about who we are, how we got to be who we are, and what what's important to us, that there's always a common denominator and there's something that really connects us almost immediately. So uh, I think we've already connected pretty well just before this conversation started. <laughs> but but really, it's the, the stories about how did you get to be where you are today and why about, why this book? Ah, okay. Well, that's a that's a big question. <laughs> yeah, I like big questions. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm grateful for uh, quite a few people in my life in my life, both men and women. My uh, professor in college, I was majoring in theater. I was an actor my entire school career. Uh, suggested I I meet with a group of ex- directors for an experimental theater association. This was in the late seventies and in, in New York, and. Uh, I was so impressed by one of them that I offered to be an intern with her. And out of that one night, I met uh, my husband through the theater, my apartment in the East Village at the time. I joined as a volunteer in NARAL, 
And later on, I, I got a job at the NYU Development Office. They paid for my MBA at night. I switched from um, fundraising uh, for free, basically, for a theater company, and acting wasn't something I could make a living at, to a uh, professional fundraiser, mostly for educational and cultural organizations, uh, mostly in the metropolitan area, but also now internationally and uh, some across the, the country. I've served on the boards of New York Women's Agenda. It's a coalition of 100 women's organizations. And now on the board of POWER, P-O-W-H-E-R, another coalition in New York State. We've helped, after 15 years, pass uh, equal pay legislation in New York City and especially in New York State. And now we're taking a look at how we can uh, combine all this power that we've been able to uh, gather over the last almost 20 years now uh, to help pass the URA in, uh, in New York State. Uh, we may well have a, a chance to do that. Why we wrote the book? Uh, we, uh, we wanted to contribute back to the nonprofit sector. Uh, we don't think that it's sufficiently recognized or valued or even reported what amazing positive uh, work the nonprofit sector is in the forefront of. Um, uh, you know, the, the news, yeah. the media yeah. news is always is, is typically bad for for all sectors, but we wanted to amplify the voices of the nonprofit sector. Yeah, yeah. We hear about the Red Cross. We hear about United Way. We hear about organizations that have mismanaged funds and uh, basically aren't running their businesses appropriately and are taking people's money uh, who have contributed and not using it effectively. Nonprofits. I'm going to change that term, but when we call them social profit organizations, something amazing happens. I know this, this is a legal term, but, but this is what I call these organizations. I call them social profit. My background, I'll just share a little bit about that because I think it does kind of tell you why I come from that social profit verbiage is that, you know, I have, in fact, been in, on many social profit boards. I also have two foundations of my own, uh, Women Connect for Good, which is a uh, foundation, which is basically the mission is very, very simple. It helps and support other women's passion, purpose, and, and drive. So that's very important to me. And then I have a, a family foundation, the Dr. Nancy O'Reilly fam Family Foundation. I have served on many, many boards, the United Way. I've served on a, a, the community foundation boards. I've been on bank boards. I'm on many boards at this point. And currently I'm the, the newest chair of Take the Lead, which is an organization which is developing gender parity in leadership for women by the year 2025. So I think we really, really need to connect with each other. There's so much that we can do. Um, I have actually presented two social profit organizations, and it was really interesting to watch the leadership of these organizations, their whole demeanor changes when you use the terminology, but it also changes when you tell them, and, 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 and the community does not understand this, the community at large does not understand. If all of these organizations went away, or all of these foundations went away, our country would truly be in trouble. I mean, there would be such a loss of services uh, to, the, to the average person, and what these foundations do and, and these organizations do would leave such a hole in our economy that I, have, I don't think anyone has any idea of the impact. Yes, yes, and our social fabric, 
the nonprofit sector is really, and philanthropy is really the jewel of America and American yeah. democracy. Yeah. We conduct uh, planning and fundraising trainings in other countries, and you know they they are just in awe yeah. of uh, the structure that supports this kind of philanthropy here. Yeah. They yeah. they're very young at this kind of of work in other countries, and uh, you know. It's something that we we should consider. I think one of our best exports. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's something very, very special when people do something for nothing. You know, when they take their, when they bring their hearts, and their passion, and their drive, and their truly their, their, really their compassion, and what they want to do is change the world for good. These these are special people. I mean, they're the organizations themselves, the the board of directors, and and there's there's something very very different when somebody goes to work with a with a social profit or a C3 organization and say, I want to work for this organization because I care. You know, not many people when they go out looking for a job go walk in and go, I want to work at your company because I care. You know, they don't mm-hmm. do that. I mean, it's it's a it's a totally different. Uh, you know, it's really what our country started out to be because it was that people cared. They cared about the right to have, you know, a voice, to to vote, to have to have the religion they wanted, to mm-hmm. to have the rights of property. I mean, it's it, we go back to these to our very very beginnings. And again, these uh, caring organizations really and the care of people have made us the country that we are today. Yes, yes, I, I absolutely agree. And uh, you know, I'm I, I've been at the same issues, you know, uh, economic equality for women and their families for a very long time now. And I see young people coming up and taking on other parts, and I'm very grateful for that. I, I love the fact that the Me Too movement has helped open yeah. up, for instance, uh, you know, how you invest in people in the workplace. Uh, even even enlightened companies for a long t- time invested in their employees, but they, they did it through the lens of white male. And now some of them are starting to just broaden that lens. If they're going to invest in their, in their employees, you know, they need to be able to see that their employees are made up of many different people. Yeah, the diversity. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think looking at it that way, you know, kind of, you know, helps businesses to even to improve even in advance of laws and regulation. So yeah. we're uh, through Power P O W H E R New York. We're we're beginning to work with companies in that regard as well. Yeah, diversity is is key, and of course the millennials are key as far as the development of any of these services. And uh, yes, the the white male privilege we have to deal with, and most company, uh, many many companies are doing that. And of course we find the data shows specifically and clearly that when women are in top positions in companies and serve on the boards of directors, these companies are, in fact, more successful. Yes, we do, yes. We do have much, uh, we have data uh, out there that, that proves that. So, um, you know, th- this, is a, this is a crucial time. And, again, again, hashtag Me Too and the Time's Up is we're definitely um, times in our history, it's a time in our history with, and then with the march marches that we've had is that women and, and men, too, are, are very, very important. Uh, male allies are extremely important in, in this whole process. And, and, of course, I think the, this particular 
uh, area of, you know, these the social profit organizations can, can lead the charge in so many ways because they've already have the history of showing passion, of showing uh, how, the impact that they do have. And, and you know, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. You said in, your, one, in your, one of your notes, it says over 10% of the American workforce works for these organizations and many are volunteers and donate, and not many people understand that. Uh, you know, but they hear about them. They hear about mm-hmm. them, but they don't really understand uh, the impact that they do have in our society and in our global world as well, because these, many of these organizations, as you said, reach out much further than the United States and are teaching other countries to also do the same. I'm involved with an organization called Convoy of Hope, and Convoy actually gives uh, disaster relief uh, services all over the world. And then they're developing women empowerment programs all over the world and helping uh, countries with agriculture and how to grow and how to be sustainable and self-sufficient. I mean, there's, and if any of these went away, we would be in trouble. Um, now, you, you interviewed 21 different uh, uh, leaders, and you asked them the same questions, which, I again, you know, it was wonderful to read. But I guess what I would like to know is, what did what did they all seem to have in common as far as what you what you you picked up through all those interviews and those conversations? Well, we we actually interviewed forty seven people, but featured uh, tw- about twenty in yep. the book itself. Okay. Yep. And yep, and uh, one of the challenges was to find the common threads. Once we were finished, what we saw, and and some of the things that even surprised us was the great. Um, amount of emotional intelligence that these leaders uh, bring to their lives and their work. We asked questions in the beginning uh, to get to know them, like uh, what was the best and worst things that ever happened to you in your life or in your career, and uh, what did you learn from, from that? Those were extremely inspiring uh, quote. We saw that there were about seven themes or principles that ran throughout the entire uh, interview process. And the first one was that we turned into a piece of advice was sharpen your leadership skills. Uh, that included, you know, honor your emotional intelligence and self-awareness, uh, take a look at work-life balance. Uh, one piece of advice was work, work in direct service in a nonprofit, uh, seek out and cultivate mentors, uh, and, and also plan for the inevitable. We heard over and over uh, that uh, from both men and women that, that these top leaders have that in their mind, how, how to sustain this after I'm gone. Or, yeah. And that and, yeah. and doesn't mean if you get carried out or die, it could mean there's an accident. Right. So you know, having having successes in place, even if even if those number twos don't end up getting the job, there should be a system in the in the workplace that uh, builds that, both for uh, nonprofit boards and for the senior staff. Right. If you like, I'd like to read a, a quote as an example about emotional intelligence. Would Would you like me to do that? Sure, go ahead. Leon Botstein uh, from Bard College, a client, and I also worked for them as a staffer uh, in earlier days. Uh, he's, he's very brilliant. He's been president of the Bard College for a long time. Uh, he, at 
started out very young. His eight-year-old daughter uh, ran across the street on the campus and was killed by a car uh, very early on. And uh, what he said about that was, rather than turning disappointment and tragedy into an excuse for feeling like a powerless victim, I try to recognize the unintended gift that comes from tragedy and failure, the unintended gift. It's like a prize fight. The key is having the ability to get up again after getting knocked down. Yeah. So there were many stories about uh, tragedy. Yeah, that's uh, the most important thing that, again, these organizations have is heart. It's, it's yes. Heart, but, also, but also taking it to a new level, which is helping to you know, recognize a problem. Again, a tragedy occurs, and from it comes a way to help others that, that may, they may not have to deal with these, tra- these tragedies or these things that have occurred in their life. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where they all come from. It's, mm-hmm. it's something in their own lives that have been impacted, and that's why your big impact is a great, great title, is that, you know, sometimes we have to have a wake-up call. And, and I think many people are, are, you know, the Dalai Lama says we need to wake up, you know. Hmm. And, and uh, you know, and there are many people that, that are asleep. They, they don't think about others. They're, they're so locked into their own lives that they don't see the, the issues going around. But um, in, in my next book, it's called In This Together. But I, we are in this mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. We have... We have I mean, and we're so much better when we're together. And, and these organi- organizations can triumph, can be, you know, definitely warriors, but be very, very much to have the triumphs to really help our society to be better. And, uh, you know, anybody, I mean, there were so many in the book, but, but again, can you just take uh, maybe a couple that really, uh, I mean, I'm very interested in getting to, uh, in fact, I've got a note here. I said, I need an introduction to Risa Younger for Ms. Ma- Ms. Foundation. I mean, I would love to get an introduction. But there are sure. some coalitions, as you said, and, and connections are so very, very important because there is so much out there that jointly these uh, organizations can do, these foundations can do together if they, again, see an issue and, and pull their, their money and their power together to make that change and to, to really uh, grow their ability to do such. Uh, Ms. Foundations is a good example, and there were two others that talked at length about changing social norms and finding common ground. And uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, I think that one area, one, one project had to do with uh, agriculture, so that you're, you're looking at both urban and rural and that was actually one of the questions we asked in the book. Uh, what is the role of the nonprofit sector in bridging the urban-rural divide in this country uh, that plays out again and again in, in many ways, including politics and votes? Um, there was uh, a very successful campaign for freedom to marry, uh, which was it, it's no longer really uh, an organization because they succeeded in getting yeah, enough legislation absolutely. passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Evan Wilson spoke at length about how, you know, building broad coalitions is an important aspect of building basic, you know, movement building, uh, seeking partnerships, uh, leveraging that convening influence. Some of the foundations talked about that as well uh, because they've got the carrot of being able to fund, and so people will listen and people will convene, well, with, you know, with the power that they have to, uh, to do that, leveraging their power, their funding power. 
you know, one of the, the leaders, Leon Botstein, again, uh, talked about bringing communities of faith that the nonprofit sector needs to embrace uh, more of the communities of faith because they're really in the forefront in the rural areas in particular and in, the, in immigration and in poverty. Uh, so those lessons were important. Nonprofits uh, that are into movement building use a lot of social science uh, to help them to, to learn more about you know what is going to help people change uh, the way they think and, and their behaviors. Uh, right. The Brady, Brady Center for uh, the Prevention of Gun Violence is another one where they, they had this very simple campaign. They uh, encouraged parents uh, to ask their neighbors where their kids played, whether there were guns in the home and they were prop- and whether they were properly stored, mm-hmm. locked, etc. Uh, uh, just that is a social norm change. Right. Uh, to pe- make people understand that this is not about, pe- you know, taking guns away. This, yeah. this is about uh, making sure people don't get shot. And everybody yeah. can find common ground in that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, sometimes, again, that whole level of, of awareness. I just came from a conference and we were talking about diversity, but we were also talking about bias. And I think many of the organizations come from a place that say, you know, where there has been that the social norm, the change the social norm, change the change the uh, way people think and feel and react to one another. But but there's so many things that we can in fact do uh, when we create awareness and we and we look at our own biases biases that are that uh, many many people don't even are are not even aware. Uh, of how they do feel about other people, and and it's uh, it's always interesting when organizations have that ability to, as you say, to change the social norm or bring the bring the issue to the forefront. You know, and, and this is the other thing I found: um, people in general really do want to help, but many times they don't know how. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, these are the organizations that that definitely need to reach out and ha- tell people how they can help. You know, here's ways you can help us. And be mm-hmm. more more proactive in that respect. Um, just one other thing, because I know we're, we're getting close to time, but more development of these organizations is key as far as I'm concerned. That's just my advice because I've been on many, many boards. You have too. But board development is very, very key. And raising money is another huge, huge issue. Unless you've been fortunate for someone to be a major donor that says, here, take this money and do this, which is uh, sometimes more common than not, uh, you know, the uh, Paul Newman's foundation, I mean, again, he had such credibility and so much uh, that, I mean, that foundation is absolutely amazing what they're able to do. And, and, and you know, and again, you're getting something for, uh, he's selling something, you're getting something, and then you're helping by buying his products to help others. So, I mean, that definitely is, I think, uh, the ultimate key to uh, to everybody wins on that one, you know. Yes. The, and that's what's so important is that we find ways that everybody wins. But, you know, let me just ask you a little bit because I think that's the key. I mean, I've been asked many, many times to talk to organizations about asking for money. What's your What's your advice there? What are your thoughts? Well, I think because uh, my, my background is uh, I was in the arts and early uh, in my career uh, started fundraising for uh, the theater, I think that what we do is help people express to the world who they are through their philanthropy. Yeah. It's very special. Self-expression is a very important and meaningful uh, part of people's lives. 
yes, people give money to people. We also focus in our in uh, with H2 Growth Strategies, our company, on the board, because uh, from our experience, when when we can work with nonprofits in strengthening their boards. Everything else, especially fundraising, gets easier and faster. It gets more complicated when you have more powerful people on the board, uh, people of influence and affluence in the business, social sectors, um, the uh, society, uh, government, uh, celebrity worlds. Uh, you, you need a broad range of people. Uh, you need entrepreneurs. You need, you need people who have expertise based on their mission, the scholars, for example, or the doctors. Uh, you need people who have just professional expertise that an organization would probably never be able to afford uh, as staff in marketing, in law, in, in auditing, in human resources, human resources in particular uh, now. Uh, so we look at the composition of the current board. Uh, we see what areas uh, they are fulfilling, and then we, we help nonprofits through proactive research and through you know the organization's own connections, build their boards, and yeah. that is, I guess, the biggest contribution I think an organization can make towards major gift fundraising uh, is in building the board. Right. So that and planning is critical uh, yeah. to set the foundation for successful fundraising programs. Sure. Well, board members can be can offer their expertise and, and and give that to the board, but also board members have to give their money as well. Right. I, I can't I can't ask anyone for money unless I've given money. And right. I've, I've said this over and over to members of boards. I said, you know, you cannot go out and ask anyone for money because one of the first things they're going to ask you, well, what have you done? What are you doing financially? And I think that's something that we all need to understand, is that. You really have to. You have to. It's, you have, if you want a piece of the rock, you're going to have to invest in that piece of the rock. I mean, that's just the way it goes. But uh, live. You know, I, I agree. Have educating uh, <laughs> education is key. There's no doubt about it. And coalitions and partnerships and and all the above are so important. Well, the book. Tell us. Tell us about where they can buy the book. More about what you're doing. You and your partner Vivian and and uh, uh, how we can help. Ah, all right. Uh, well, uh, you can you can buy the book, uh, Big Impact: Insights and Stories from America's Nonprofit Leaders, uh, on uh, on Amazon and on our website. Uh, our website is uh, h2growth.com. Uh, that's h number two growth g r o w t h dot com. There's a whole section on uh, on the book and everything you, you'd want to know about about the book and about who's in it. Uh, what we're doing now is uh, is following up on the book. Actually, one of the questions, and I think you'd be interested in this, is what's the nonprofit sector's role in bridging the urban-rural divide? And some of the foundations said, well, we need to convene because we need to pay more attention to this, and there's no one really owning this. Yeah. And so now we've got several foundations, in, including the Ford Foundation, interested in a convening, both in New York and uh, in Seattle. So we're working with these foundations and with some major companies in putting a convening together. And we're hoping that uh, in the long run that will help uh, this country find greater common ground uh, between urban and rural and that uh, our voting habits will become more moderate. 
As a result, diverse yeah. co- diverse communities vote more moderately. Yeah, we, we, we've got to get on the same page somehow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we just keep keep hacking away at it, Linda. I mean, that's all we can do. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I appreciate what you all are doing. It's so very, very important. And, uh, uh, again, I think if the, if the general public understood the value and what uh, – the C3 and social profit organizations do for our community as well as the greater world, uh, the larger global world, uh, they, they definitely would be surprised. But <laughs> take them all away and tomorrow, take them all away today, tomorrow, everybody would be scratching their head and go, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's going on now? So, but, but anyway, no, I appreciate what you're doing, and congratulations on the book and continued success to you and Vivian. And uh, like I said, I, was, I would love to get an introduction to Teresa Younger because I think there's many, many things. It sounds like you're involved in organizations that take the lead, definitely needs to uh, have a coalition. And a, yes, absolutely. One another. So, I have your I have your take the lead website right up, and you've got leadership power tools. There, there are more. There's more for us to talk about, Doctor Nancy. Yeah, absolutely. So um, <laughs> let's let's find. <laughs> we're not. You you haven't heard the last of me. That is no doubt. <laughs> well, well, send me a note, please, uh, for yeah. Teresa, and I'm happy to 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 do that. I'd be delighted yeah. to. Yeah, but uh, I would like to speak with you at some point uh, about how we can how we can work together. So great, exciting. Great. Exciting. Yes, it is. This, this is uh, this, this is, is exactly a wonderful why, opportunity. Yeah, this is exactly why I personally do what I'm doing. Women Connect for Good and Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women is about connecting the dots, because the more the more we can connect with one another. I mean, there's some people doing some amazing, great things out there, but if we combined all of our resources, watch out. We would change the world tomorrow. <laughs> I'd rather do it today, but tomorrow I guess I'll have to wait. So. <laughs> You know, I feel that if women can succeed at a few more of these uh, equity issues, then we'll move on to saving the planet and the environment because I have a feeling that will be easier. Yeah. No, I, I know it would be easier if if, uh, if more women were in leadership positions in our country especially. And, uh, you know, if we if today, if this is kind of what, what one of my uh, other conversations was about. She said, if today – Support another woman. Find, I mean, any way you can today, find a woman that you can support. Compliment her. You know, encourage her. Do something to to lift her up. And I think that's it. If we can just, just remember, it's not as hard as it sounds, but if we do support each other. I speak in front of many, many groups of women, and one of the questions I do ask is, do you support other women? And I say it just purposely to look around the crowd and see what the reaction is. Some women will look at me. Other women will put their heads down. And the women that are putting their heads down need to stop doing that. And uh, so we've we've got to help each other. And then, of course, we do have to have our male allies and our male advocates. We can't do this without. We have to do it all together. We're just another day. Just another day. <laughs> another. <laughs> well, thank you for your good work as well. Absolutely. Thank you for for yours. It sounds like you're you and I are soul sisters. Yes, no indeed. Doubt about it. So. Thank you, Nancy. Take thank care. Bye bye. Bye bye.